Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose, and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a written imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Ryan Gable, your host. 
and you are listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do so at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. You can also search my name, Ryan Gable, on Facebook, but the easiest way to find us on Facebook is facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and if you type in that name into a url the secret teachings dot info you'll find the website with our full show archive and all of our promotional material for each broadcast monday through friday at the same time each night right here on the fringe fm the fringe dot fm of course is the network website for those of you who have been looking for the archive or trying to subscribe on occasion. I get people that ask me how that's done. It's pretty simple. You just visit the website. It's very self-explanatory at the top. Everything on the homepage of the website, there's a slider bar at the top that just shows you when the show airs. It shows you the t-shirts we have. It shows you the books that we have. And the last slider bar usually is, and it's going to be from now on, one show for free a week that we give away even if you're not a subscriber we're going to give that show away this week we'll probably give away the dr andrew kaufman show from monday's broadcast that'll just be in the slider bar at the top of the page you click it it'll automatically download or you can right click it and you can open up a new page and it'll download that way that's all on the website and if you click on the archive and scroll down, you'll see that there are numerous years within the archive, going back to 2013. Below that, in the drop-down menu, there is a free archive with some of the newer shows and some really great shows with guests like David Icke, Jordan Maxwell, Don Lester, David Parker, Alan Butler, Scott Walter, Nick Bryant. The list just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. It's all free in that free archive because some of those shows are really powerful, really important, and they need to be heard, and so they are posted there for free. I want to ask everybody a question tonight. It's a legitimate question. I want you to think about it, and I want you to, in your head, maybe you're sitting here listening to the show with someone else, look at each other, and really think about it, Say it out loud. What is an expert? Think it in your head. Say it out loud. Tell your friend, tell your girlfriend, boyfriend. Honey, what do you think an expert is? This is what I think an expert is. See what the other person's opinion is. What is an expert? What makes an expert? Who is an expert? Who can be an expert? Language is funny because an expert is defined in a number of ways, and they're virtually all the same. An expert is a person who has comprehensive and authoritative knowledge or skill in a particular area. You can be an expert on a lot of different things. You could be an expert musician. You could be an expert athlete. You could be an expert on computer technology. You could be an expert in business. It just means that you have an authoritative knowledge 
you know quite a bit. You have a comprehensive knowledge, a complete knowledge, which doesn't necessarily include every element and everything you need to know, but it includes nearly all of the details that you need to know to be considered an expert. Now, I'm not going about trying to find ways in which I can classify myself as an expert because I don't care about these kinds of titles. I don't subscribe to politics, religion. I don't subscribe to the polar opposites of politics and religion. I don't subscribe to titles. When it comes to titles of classifications based on what I believe or what my job is or anything like that. I mean, I am a radio host, but that doesn't convey any prestige, or at least I don't intend for it to convey prestige. But see, here's the thing. To some people, if I tell them that I'm a radio personality, there are a lot of ways they can interpret that. Some people interpret it as a radio personality. You must be one of those jocks on the radio that plays music and you talk in the morning from 7 to 11 or 6 to 10 a.m., drive time radio show and you play music and you make jokes maybe you talk about sports you're a radio dj you do radio you play music on the radio no i'm a radio personality i'm a host i really shouldn't say i'm a radio personality i'm a radio host i host a show i'm not a personality because who i am on the show is who i am off the show my persona on the show is my persona off the show So I am a radio host. This is the perception that I am projecting to you as an audience. This is the perception that you are receiving from me as a host. Now, you could interpret me as a radio host as being an expert on whatever it is that I'm talking about. Now, there are a lot of radio hosts, I can tell you, that are by no means expert they're not expert in anything that they say, in anything that they do. They are facilitators, and they are really good facilitators. So they are expert facilitators, but they're not experts in whatever it is they might be discussing. For example, someone who is talking to a guest, an author, a journalist, a researcher, about something like, Paranormal activity. Someone who goes out, they investigate paranormal activity. And they're talking to this person about paranormal activity. And they don't really know a lot, per se. They're interested in it. They've seen some documentaries and some ghost shows. And maybe their show itself is kind of a paranormal-themed show. But they just like discussing it and talking about it. So they get guests on who can discuss things in more detail because they don't know. So they can facilitate, and and no, this is not a veiled criticism of anybody, sincerely. It's just an example that they're a facilitator. I mean, if you really want to talk about individuals, George Norrie is a great example. The guy's a good facilitator. He's a good radio host. Does he know a lot? Well, not necessarily. Some people are expert facilitators, and they're experts in what they talk about. My friend and colleague Clyde Lewis is both. He is an expert in what he talks about. He's an expert at recognizing patterns, and he's an expert radio host. And he's got a little bit of the radio personality in there, too. 
He's a performer. He likes to put on a show. Some people are experts in what they talk about. Me, I'm an expert in what I talk about. I'm not an expert facilitator because I don't really facilitate a lot of shows. We've had a lot of guests on, but usually guests I have on are guests I have on to talk about things that I'm already well-versed on. Very few times have I ever interviewed somebody about a subject that I didn't know about. I, I can name them really off the top of my head. I interviewed a lady about chakras, and I know about chakras. I just couldn't give you a, a textbook definition, if you will. I interviewed someone on scalar energy. See, Stephanie Larson was the chakra lady. I actually met her in Orlando, Florida years and years and years ago. And then her publishing company contacted me. I didn't even know. And, and I got in contact with me. We did a show. And then a guy named Tom Palandino, who I think he lives in Tampa, Florida, Scalar Energy, which I know what that is, but I couldn't give you, like, again, and you know, a concise explanation of it. And those are two that really stood out to me. Oh, oh Shirley Andrews, the first lady I have ever, ever interviewed, she talked about Atlantis. So I didn't know that much about Atlantis at the time. So those were like three people over the years that I've interviewed who explained things to me that I didn't know. It doesn't make me a genius. It just means that I spend my life in these subjects, and so I've become an expert on those topics. I'm an expert in nutrition. I'm an expert in occultism. I'm an expert in pattern recognition. I'm an expert in certain forms of history. But I don't consider myself an expert in these things. An expert is only someone who has a comprehensive knowledge about something. So I am an expert in those areas, but I don't need to walk around telling people, I'm an expert, I'm an expert, I'm an expert, I'm an expert. You might perceive that I'm an expert, and that might work to my benefit, but I don't need to come on the show and say, this is Ryan Gable, your expert radio host tonight, talking about perception, talking about experts and scientists and what it all means. I don't need to do that because I'm not conceited. I'm not suffering from a delusional mental state. I'm just here to talk to you, and I'm here to provide you with, hopefully, and what I know and I'm certain is, a unique and powerful radio broadcast five nights a week, the likes of which you will not find on many other radio networks. But there are some really great shows out there that are very similar to mine. Ground Zero is a great example of that. Clyde does his own thing. He's in his own world in terms of what he does. And then we have crossover. And there are other radio shows that do similar things. Kev Baker is a great example of that. And they are, Kev Baker and Clyde Lewis are experts. Just like I'm an expert, just like Alex Jones is an expert. Why do I keep talking about expert, though? Why do I keep bringing this word up? What does it really mean? Did you think about it? Expert, a person who has comprehensive knowledge or a skill in a particular area. So what does that exactly mean? A person who has comprehensive and authoritative skill or knowledge in a particular area. You could be a financial expert. You could be an expert on sports statistics. You could be an expert in a lot of things. 
The reason I keep bringing the word expert into the conversation tonight is because we perceive experts. We perceive people that have comprehensive knowledge, by extension, experts, as being godlike, being unable to make a mistake or be at fault. An expert knows what he or she is talking about, so an expert cannot be wrong, can they? See, this is exactly what scientism is. It's a dogma. And in science, the scientist has become the high priest. The doctor, the high priest. The nurse, even the high priest. Science. What is science? Think about that for a second and answer the question in your head or out loud. What is science? Science. We hear it all the time. It's real, right? We're, we're all looking at these signs and hearing these slogans and reading about science, 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 science. Well, what the hell is science? It's the intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structures and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Simply put, science is observation. Science is experiment. It doesn't mean that science is one kind of observation, that science has to be one kind of experiment or another, or that it has to produce useful observations or experiments. Someone who observes to observe and someone who experiments to experiment is a scientist. It does not mean that they are godlike in status. Someone who experiments to learn, someone who observes to learn and to understand, might be also an expert. But this does not mean that the person who observes and who experiments, who's an expert by some definition, knows what they're talking about. This goes against everything we think about authority. But these are the true definitions of the words and what they mean. And if you don't want to go by the definition of the word, I don't know what world you're living in. If you want to reclassify and redefine a word, all right. But I feel like that's a little bit bias and unfair. I mean, sure, words have different meanings, but generally speaking, it doesn't really matter what science is defined as because when people use the word science to imply authority and fact, that's the fallacy. That's the problem. By extension of science, you have those who study, those who have expert knowledge, those who examine the natural and physical sciences, those who have expertise in the natural and physical sciences. Now, see, here's the thing that a lot of the scientific community would really, really be ticked off to be associated with. What is the natural science? What is the natural and physical science? What are the natural and physical sciences? Well, they include everything from astrology to herbology even to something like voodoo or tarot reading. Oh, no, that's not a science. No, in fact, it actually is a science. 
astrology was the original form of observation of the heavens. Astronomy became a new form of of observational science through mechanical devices. Then, astronomy became the dominant physical science, and astrology was dismissed as pseudoscience, and it is considered pseudoscience to this day. Though, if it wouldn't be for astronomy, we would have no astrology. And if it wouldn't be for astrology, we would have no astronomy, because they are one in the same. And they were only separated just a few hundred years ago, because one was considered the work of the devil, and one was considered to be more based in reality because of its material, physical components. But if it wasn't for astronomy initially, there would be no astrology today. And a lot of the sciences are like this. So if you have an expert knowledge in one or more of the natural and physical sciences, I myself have a comprehensive and authoritative knowledge of all things occult. By definition, that makes me a scientist. Now, I don't say that because I want the prestige and I want the white lab coat, which is a completely different conversation about how to control people's perception, which goes back to the early 20th century. I'm just simply saying a scientist can be someone like you who has an expert level of knowledge in something. At the very least, you might not have an expert level of knowledge in the physical or natural sciences, per se, but you need to understand those sciences if you're anything from an engineer to a car mechanic. You're a scientist. See, we use words to convey more than meaning. We use words to convey prestige. You're an expert. You're a scientist. You're a doctor. I'm so sorry, doctor. I questioned your opinion. I'm so sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Scientist, I question your authority. I should not have done that because you are experts and you are scientists and you are doctors and nurses and lawyers and men and women of prestige and excellence. How dare me, a mere mortal, question what you believe? And ah, is it not all simply belief? What exactly do you know? Philosophically speaking, what do you know as an expert? How can you quantify what you know? Can I quantify what I know? Hell no. I don't know. Do I know that I know anything? Well, I know that I know nothing, but nothing is still something. I don't know what I know. I know that I have a good memory of certain things, and if you bring up a particular subject, I can access that file. Other people's brains work differently. Other people can rattle off certain things all the time, because that's their area of expertise. If you have more than one area of expertise, then that particular area of expertise must be activated for you to know that information, for you to bring it forward. Now we're talking about memory and psychology. But what is an expert? What is a scientist? What is a doctor? These are people that simply perform experiments. They make observations. Every single day, you make observations. And although this may not make you a scientist you know, in anything but the the tongue-in-the-cheek way, it still makes you a scientist if you are observing to understand. If you take your son or your daughter 
out in nature, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your husband, your wife, out in nature, and you explain to them, these are the sounds of birds. This is dirt. These are trees, plants. Don't touch that plant. It's poisonous. Then you are a scientist. But see, we don't have a bunch of people running around saying, I'm a scientist, I'm a scientist, I'm a scientist, because the average person doesn't care about this kind of prestige. But there are some people that do care about that kind of prestige. And there are some people that are doctors and scientists and professionals, and it's another word, and experts, and they make a living in the typical, the typical, uh, sense of the word expert or doctor. They're a doctor, they're a scientist, they're a biologist, chemist, something. But they also don't shove that in your face. It's a tremendous amount of ego, sure. But perception, I think, is the key to all of it. Tonight we're going to talk about what exactly public relations are and the propaganda techniques used to manipulate and control you without your knowledge. I'm going to give you the knowledge so that you are not manipulated and controlled by these techniques, including a University of New Hampshire Scholar Repository report about chain restaurants and the color schemes that they use. It's a very fascinating report put together by the University of New Hampshire. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere more after this. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings radio show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books if you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more. The books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports the secret teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website, and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info. Alex. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK The Fringe FM.
The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. loads of them all snaking off like roots and what we do on one path affects what happens on other paths. Time is a construct. People think you can't go back and change things, but you can. That's what flashbacks are. They're invitations to go back and make different choices. When you make a decision, you think it's you doing it, but it's not. It's the spirit out there that's connected to our world that decides what we do and we just have to go along for the ride. Mirrors let you move through time. The government monitors people. They pay people to pretend to be your relatives and they put drugs in your food and they film you. There's messages in every game, like Pac-Man. Do you know what Pac stands for? P-A-C, Program and Control. He's Program and Control Man. The whole thing's a metaphor. He thinks he's got free will, but really he's trapped in a maze, in a system. All he can do is consume. He's pursued by demons that are probably just in his own head. And even if he does manage to escape by slipping out one side of the maze, what happens? He comes right back in the other side. People think it's a happy game. It's not a happy game. It's a fucking nightmare world. And the worst thing is, it's real and we live in it. It's all code. If you listen closely, you can hear the numbers. There's a cosmic flowchart that dictates where you can and where you can't go. I've given you the knowledge. I've set you free. (laughs) 
You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. In a repeated, in a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. Do not believe that glyphosate in Argentina is causing increases in cancer. You can drink a whole quart of it and it won't hurt you. It's, yeah, are it, you want to drink some? We have some here. I'd be happy to, actually. Not, not really, but... Not really? I know it wouldn't hurt me. If you say so, I have some glyphosate. No, no, I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. It begins with the war-born development of DDT. This diabolical weapon of modern science saved millions of humans, but killed billions of insects. In both its forms, powder and liquid, Pestroy means doomsday to us insects. But its new insect destroyer contains a lot of DDT, not just the litter. Its DDT content is even higher than government specifications. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. What are experts, what are scientists, what are doctors? What is a professional? What does a professional do? What does an expert do? What makes you an expert? What makes you a professional? Well, if you're a professional, you have a profession. You're engaged in some kind of activity. That's your profession. You're a professional. Trust the professionals. Trust the experts. Who are the experts? They are people that have an authoritative knowledge on a particular subject. Just because someone's an expert doesn't mean that they are in possession of all the secrets in the universe. Here's Watch commercials, watch commercials, obey, consume, conform. We want your soul. Here's something I was reading earlier. It's a Yahoo News article, and it came from a day or so ago. It's about masks and how they protect everybody from the coronavirus, supposedly, including you, the headline says. Here's what the headline said. Masks protect everyone from the coronavirus, including you. Now, this segment is not about masks. It's about experts and professionals and scientists and all of this. So the first part of the article, I just want to show you how you break this stuff down. I want to show you the propaganda. I want to show you how people can be misled with assumptions, with implications, and with the usage of language. Advertisers, marketers, propagandists, all of them. They are the experts and the professionals of how to get you to do and to believe whatever they want you to do and whatever they want you to believe. 
So the article goes on, and it's the way it's written as well. It talks about the experts and the advice that experts give, even though it's just advice. And then they make fun of a few people who don't want to wear masks, a few people that think it's a joke. And then if you actually read the story, it gets down to the real investigative reporting. And this is what I want to share with you. The Yahoo article says, what does the data say? So they go through all the opinions of the experts, which means that they are authoritative facts by implication. Because the experts, the scientists, the doctors, they all say you have to wear a mask. But here's what the actual article says, where they reference to their credit, if a person actually wrote this and it wasn't AI, where they reference to their credit, Material that talks about the usage of masks and material that references the supposed, that's the key word, supposed, spreading of viral particulates. Let me read you what it says and I'll explain as we go along. What does the data say about wearing a mask and what does it say about getting someone else sick or them getting you sick? Think about it. What do you know about that personally? You know what Fauci said, you know what some experts told you, you know what the governor might have said. Here's what they say in the article. One experiment published in the New England Journal of Medicine used high-speed video and found that hundreds of droplets were generated when someone said a phrase. But almost all of the droplets were blocked when the mouth was covered by a washcloth. Epidemiological studies have also strongly suggested that masks help keep people safe too. One study published in the journal Health Affairs analyzed the spread of COVID-19 before and after masks were required in 15 states and Washington, D.C. The study found that there was a slowdown in the spread of the virus in areas where masks were required and the slower spread became more obvious over time. Now, this paragraph is all that we need to analyze to understand the expert opinion. The expert line, what the experts say. Is what the experts say accurate? Is it true? Is it misleading? What exactly are the experts telling us here? Let's read that again. One experiment published in the New England Journal of Medicine used high-speed video and found that hundreds of droplets were generated when someone said a phrase. But almost all the droplets were blocked when the mouth was covered by a washcloth. Okay, so New England Journal of Medicine, that's a somewhat prestigious medical journal. And what they're saying is that when you speak, the droplets come out of your mouth. There was also another study published separate from this that said when you sneeze, droplets come out of your nose and mouth and they travel up to 26 feet. However, if you read the study, it says they've never isolated the virus in the droplets. They've merely showing that droplets can travel 26 feet if you sneeze. The New England Medical Journal, the New England Journal of Medicine, the experiment published in that journal, they used high-speed video, and they found that hundreds of droplets were were generated when someone said a phrase. So if you say, I'm not wearing a mask, you've now spread the virus. But what is this based on? Did they show tiny droplets of coronavirus? No, they showed droplets, which is what you would expect to come out of the mouth when you say something. 
when you sneeze, when you cough, right? I imagine that, yeah, the droplets were blocked when you put something over the mouth like a washcloth. That's true. But what I'm getting at here is they did not say that by using high-speed video, they found hundreds of droplets with coronavirus that were generated when someone said a phrase. They said they found hundreds of droplets. They never documented that there was any viral contaminant in the particles. It's implied. It's assumed. These are two key words. They assume, and then it's implied through the New England Journal of Medicine, prestigious medical journal, that what they are saying has merit, that what they are saying implies that if you're talking without a mask, you're spreading the virus. But that's not what the study said. That's not what the article said. That's not what the so-called experts said. That's not what the so-called scientists said. All they said was, you know, if you talk, you're going to spread some droplets. And those droplets could go and they could infect other people. But they never say anything about how it could infect somebody else. Have you shown any kind of scientific or laboratory evidence that it can happen? No. You've shown that if you sneeze, the droplets can travel 26 feet. But the guy that actually conducted the study, one of the guys that conducted the study said, actually, we never isolated the virus. We never detected the virus. We just saw that droplets can travel 26 feet. So if droplets can travel 26 feet, my question would then be, why exactly is it if you can social distance, you don't have to wear a mask? Because the social distancing is only a couple of feet. Can't the droplets travel further than that? I heard they can travel at the speed of light. Do you know that? One experiment published in the New England Journal of Medicine used high-speed video and found that hundreds of droplets were generated when someone said a phrase. If you read that statement and the concluding sentence, but almost all of the droplets were blocked when the mouth was covered by a washcloth, what does that imply? It implies that when you speak, you're spreading disease. And when you cover the mouth, you're preventing the spread of disease. What is that based on? It's based on theory. It's not based on anything that is demonstrable, anything that is provable from the scientists who conducted this experiment. And if you cannot show me the evidence, if you cannot show me the proof and you're relying on implications and assumptions, then that is not science. That is what you would call paid-for science. That is what you would call quackery. That is what you would call a fraud. That is what you would call propaganda in the context that it's being used. And that's exactly what it is. It's propaganda. Now, the paragraph goes on and it says, Epidemiological studies have also strongly suggested that masks help keep people safe, too. Okay, so masks help keep people safe. They don't explain how it helps keep somebody safe. They just say masks can help you protect other people. Masks strongly are suggested to keep people safe. But it doesn't say masks do keep you safe. It doesn't say masks 
have been shown based on this information and this data and this experiment to prevent the spread of coronavirus. It's all assumption. It's all based on theory. It's all based on fraud. The paragraph goes on and concludes, One study published in the journal Health Affairs analyzed the spread of COVID-19 before and after masks were required in 15 states in Washington, D.C. The study found that there was a slowdown in the spread of the virus in the areas where masks were required, and the slower spread became more obvious over time. So they say because people are wearing masks and one study published in a medical journal analyzed the spread of COVID-19 before and after masks were worn, that this demonstrates masks help because the spread was slowed. This is a fallacy. This is information that is not in its proper context. There are dozens, hundreds, probably thousands, and more likely an infinite number of reasons why the spread, as they call it, slowed in those areas over time. One of the ways in which the spread could slow or increase is by testing and by assumptive testing, which is now going on. What I mean by assumptive testing is that if one person tests positive, they assume that anyone they came in contact with also is sick. So they go into the category of being a case. Though people are not dying, with the exception of a few people that are dying, but they're not necessarily died of COVID-19, this inflates the numbers. So, again, one study published in the journal Health Affairs analyzed the spread of COVID-19 before and after masks were required in 15 states and Washington, D.C. The study found that there was a slowdown in the spread of the virus in areas where masks were required, and the slower spread became more obvious over time. Again, paid for science, pseudoscience, and not real science at all. It's a fraud. It's propaganda. Now, I want to read you the whole paragraph one more time, and I want you to see, using this analysis, this information that we've just seen, using common sense, how this really works, so that you, and this is why I'm doing the show on this tonight, so that you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a professional. All you have to be is a balanced, objective human being. And if you use common sense, you do not have to be a virologist or an immunologist or someone who's involved in politics or medicine. or You don't have to know about any of that stuff. All you need to know is how to break down the argument using their psychological techniques on them. Listen to how this works. One experiment published in the New England Journal of Medicine, it's a prestigious journal, of course, so anything that comes after that statement has to be accurate, correct, factual, unopinionated, and the word of God. Used high-speed video and found that hundreds of droplets were generated when someone said a phrase. 
No information otherwise provided to explain what that means. It's merely implied that if someone speaks, they spread droplets, or if they sneeze in other studies, they spread droplets up to 26 feet. But much like in the other study, there's no isolation of the virus in the droplets. They've merely videoed with a high-speed video droplets coming out of the mouth. But almost all of the droplets were blocked when the mouth was covered by a washcloth. Of course, they would be blocked. This implies that if you don't cover your mouth, you're spreading disease everywhere. Everywhere you go, everybody you come into contact with. If you do cover your mouth, you stop transmission immediately. This is also not only pseudoscientific, this is hypocritical. It's the very opposite of what all of the legitimate reports on wearing a mask say. It's even in opposition to the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization that merely say wearing masks help, but they don't explain how they help. This study is suggesting that if you simply cover your mouth, you won't spread it at all. They don't have to say that. They don't have to write that or publish that. This is what's being implied. They let you fill in the blank. Much like with the next statement, epidemiological studies have also strongly suggested that masks help keep people safe. Help keep people safe. You ever seen, or do you remember, I'm not sure if they still do this, but you ever seen the television commercials for cereal where they say, Cookie Crisp is part of a balanced breakfast. Frosted Flakes, some kids playing soccer, and they're out there in the heat and drinking gross, acidic, poisonous milk. And then Tony the Tiger's like, right. And then they eat some Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes, part of a balanced, nutritious breakfast. And they show Tony getting carried off by some kids into the sunset because it's all fun and games until somebody gets diabetes and heart disease. My point is, of course, what is that line? Part of a balanced breakfast. Part of a nutritious breakfast. See, if you actually paid attention to the background of the video, when that statement is broadcast, they have an orange, they have a banana, they have some grapes. You know the typical stuff you'd find in like a fruit bowl or something, right? And they've got the glass of water. Usually it's like a glass of orange juice, a glass of milk, and then a bowl of cereal. Part of a balanced breakfast. They're great. Really, Tony, they're great. Well, why are they just part of a balanced breakfast? If they were so great... Wouldn't they just be the balanced breakfast? You see the wordplay? They're part of a balanced breakfast. Masks help keep people safe. Well, can you show me how they help keep people safe? Well, one study published in the journal Health Affairs analyzed the spread of COVID-19 before and after mask wearing was required in 15 states and Washington, D.C. The study found that there was a slowdown in the spread of the virus in areas where masks were required and the slower spread became more obvious over time. What are you, stupid? 
are you anti-science? Of course masks help. Well, let's just analyze what you said there. There's a study published in a journal. It analyzed the spread of COVID before and after masks were required in 15 states. The study found that there was a slowdown in the spread of the virus in areas where masks were required, and the slower spread became more obvious over time. Well, there's a whole lot of stuff here that we have to look at because, number one, if you analyze before and after, it depends on what data you're looking at because official or unofficial or somewhere in the middle, the numbers that you're getting, the numbers that you're analyzing for cases that go up or down, if you splice the data together, you can look at the upward mobility of the curve and then the downward curve, and then you can say this point here where the curve kind of goes down, that's where masks were implemented. So anything below that line as it keeps going down is a result of the masks helping. And then when the numbers go back up, they say, well, not enough people are wearing masks, so that's why more people are getting sick, and that's why the numbers are going back up again. Well, how would you differentiate between the first wave and the second wave anyway? Was there a day when we said, okay, first wave over, everybody's better. Wait a minute, there's another wave. Oh, no. This is a paragraph from a standard Yahoo trash news article. And it is serving disinformation, misinformation, pseudoscience, and quackery to anyone who takes the time to read it. It provides the perception that because a study was conducted and published and we see droplets coming out of the mouth, it must mean that the virus is spreading. But they don't actually isolate the virus and show you that it's actually spreading in the droplets. It's assumed. It's implied. It's suggested. See, that's what's really going on here. It's suggestibility. No one has to prove to you anything. They just have to suggest it. They have to imply it. They have to push, 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 push. And eventually, you'll believe it. You don't need to see the evidence. And that's what they count on. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. And when I say they... I mean anybody. could be your best friend. It could be a scientist, a doctor, a politician, anyone who uses these techniques. See, when someone asks me, you have proof of what you're saying? I actually do have proof of what I'm saying. What would you like to see? And I show them the proof of what I'm saying. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's going to be more after this, another hour. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Fringe FM. And don't forget about our $4 ticket raffle. You get a pocket constitution, three free books with free shipping in the U.S., three digital books, and a one-year subscription to the archive. Just donate $4 through PayPal, just $4 through PayPal, and you could win that bundle of goodies. Stay with us. We'll be back. Me and Ryan have only met one time. Like, I'm so hyped that we're basically teammates on the Fringe FM. And uh, there are so many other hosts that want to say what Ryan says, but they're kind of scared or nervous to say certain things or whatnot. The thing that makes Ryan 
the most awesome person is. He doesn't give a shift. Absolutely unfiltered. And uh, in my opinion, uh, my favorite show on the network. It's like a privilege, really, to be, uh, you know, teammates on the same network. Yohoi there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. And you're shaking some conversational tail feather to the Fringe FM. Well, this is David Parker, one of the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, or Everything You Think You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. Hi, this is Andrew Kaufman, MD. I'm a natural healing consultant. Please contact me on my website at andrewkaufmanmd.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at the Secret Teachings Radio Show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books if you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more. The books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports the secret teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, See pictures and order yours today. It supports the secret teachings, you and the Fringe FM. 
We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, the Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. Call the station at 501-777-5631. Or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM thefringe.fm and www.thesecretteachings.info Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. In a repeated, in a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Do not believe that glyphosate in Argentina is causing increases in cancer. You can drink a whole quart of it and it won't hurt you. It's, yeah, are it, you want to drink some? We have some here. I'd be happy to, actually. Yeah. Not, not really, but... Not really? I know it wouldn't hurt me. If you say so, I have some glyphosate. No, no, I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. It begins with the war-born development of DDT. This diabolical weapon of modern science saved millions of humans, but killed billions of insects. In both its forms, powder and liquid, pest destroy means doomsday to us insects. But its new insect destroyer contains a lot of DDT, not just the litter. Its DDT content is even higher than government specifications. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. Propaganda has been an effective tool to shape public opinion and public action for centuries. In fact, before propaganda and public relations became a field of study, it was used to manipulate people. I imagine that propaganda and public relations techniques go back 
hundreds and thousands of years, just maybe not in the same refined forms that we see them today. Since since propaganda and public relations both share the goal of using mass communication to influence public perception, it can be easy to conflate the two. Propaganda, however, traffics in lies, misinformation, inflammatory language, and other negative communication to achieve an objective related to a cause, a goal, or some form of political agenda, some kind of political objective. Though propaganda techniques can be employed by bad actors on the world stage, these same concepts can be utilized by individuals and their interpersonal relationships. Regardless of how propaganda is employed, these common techniques are used to manipulate others to act or respond in a way that the propagandist desires. In a relationship, it might be something like gaslighting. You gaslight some other person and make them feel crazy and you obtain, you cultivate some form of control over them. Happens all the time, even sometimes unintentionally. People do that to each other. But the intent in using propaganda and public relations and techniques to mold and shape public opinion, these are professions, and there are experts in these professions, all their own, who attempt to find better ways to coerce the public into doing or to thinking or to buying what they want them to do or what them to think or want them to buy. When you think about advertising, when you think about marketing, when you think about how we purchase things, we typically think about physical items. We think about tennis shoes, we think about watches, perfume, cologne, we think about cars, but we're sold a lot more than just products. We're sold things that we should be concerned with. We're sold social issues. We're sold ideology. We're sold consensus. And like Monday's show was called, Science is Not Consensus, I double down. Science is not consensus. See, if science was consensus, all scientists would agree. Except rather than all scientists agreeing that something is true or something is factual, there are many scientists who disagree. And if many scientists disagree, this does not mean that the scientists who disagree are not scientists or that they are pseudoscientists. It means that science is not settled and science certainly is not a consensus. If a consensus was science, it would cease to be science. It would become dogma. It would become intellectual complacency. It would become irrelevant except to those who wish to use it to persuade the public into buying their products or their ideas or their ideologies, into buying their perception that they are attempting to program into the public, into purchasing some rent space in the collective consensus of what the experts say is true. The experts know better. They're experts, after all, are they not? Experts. 
what are experts? They're people who have comprehensive and authoritative knowledge or skill in a particular area. Are there expert doctors and lawyers and professionals? Yeah. But see, these are just words that we throw around. We don't know what they mean. We, we think expert. We think professional. We think professions like doctors and scientists convey some level of importance that is derived from Mount Olympus, but it's not. An expert is anybody with comprehensive knowledge on something. If you, for a job, for a profession, if you clean toilets and you know how to scrub that toilet, you know how to clean that toilet better than anybody else, well, that makes you an expert. It doesn't mean you have any knowledge on physics or chemistry or trigonometry. It just means that you know how to clean the toilet. You're an expert at cleaning the toilet. Likewise, someone who understands math and mathematics, advanced mathematics, they're an expert in mathematics, but they might know nothing about how to change a car tire. They're not an expert in that, are they? They're not an expert as a mechanic, but a mechanic knows how to take a car apart, put it back together. They're an expert at that, but they might not be an expert at Dealing with their finances. So there's a profession for that. There's experts that know how to deal with finances. Financial experts. They know what they're doing. It's not so much the expert or the professional scientist, the doctor, etc. That's the problem. The problem is the trust and the faith that we invest in these titles and in these identities and in these professions. I was just talking to my friend on the phone the other day, and he was talking to me about how he just can't stand Trump. But he doesn't like Trump for completely different reasons. He doesn't think he's a racist or anything like that. He just doesn't like him. He thinks it's the same boss, and we've been fooled again. So I'm talking to him about this, my friend Jack. And I thought about it, what he was saying for a second, and what I said to him was, I don't really have so much of a problem with Trump as I do with his supporters and the people that also don't like him. And Jack said, what do you mean? I said, well, I just mean a lot of the people that don't like him and a lot of the people that like him share something in common. They don't really know why they don't like him and they don't really know why they like him. They just know that they like him or that they don't like him. My problem is not so much with Trump. It's more with the people that support him. My problem is not so much Obama, per se. It was the people that support him. My problem is not the doctor or the scientist, per se. Individual cases may vary. It's the people that blindly, without knowing the integrity of the man or the woman, without knowing if they have any moral compass, without knowing what they think, what they believe, what they are an expert in as a doctor or a scientist, if someone has that title, they are perceived to be an expert, an authority. And by the power invested in them, by the letters next to their name and the piece of paper on the wall that certifies, in some cases, that one has been thoroughly and absolutely brainwashed at an institution for a number of years, that anything that comes out of their mouth is the word of God. 
And it sounds silly for me to sit here and even say something like this. Doesn't it kind of seem elementary? Like we just rely as individuals on experts for everything. What does the expert say? Well, you know, experts used to say smoke cigarettes. In a repeated study in the nation, across the nation, in this repeated study, we found that doctors in all settings at all times prefer camels over other cigarettes. Of course, cigarettes don't cause cancer. Cigarettes are good for you. Yeah, DDT, of course, DDT is good for you. Go bathe in it. Go get sprayed down in it. DDT is good. Go get sprayed down in that DDT. Of course, genetically modified crops are safe. What do you think? We didn't do the science? Of course we did the science. We love science. Hashtag science. It's real. You're an idiot if you think that. What do you mean science is real? Science is observation. The fact that you think science is real, meaning that it confirms your bias and your consensus that you've purchased a rental space in, the consensus of the collective, you are now a part of that collective, you rent space in that collective. If you think that that means you're right and your idea's right, but anybody outside that collective, no matter how small or large it might be, who disagrees with you and your collective herd hive mind, they say, I disagree. You say, you're not a scientist. You don't understand. Well, neither are you. You just support scientists. There are plenty of scientists who anyone on the outside of that collective herd group think mentality and mindset, there are plenty of scientists who completely disagree on everything from vaccines to climate change. They don't get to speak because they're pseudoscientists since they have not purchased rental space in the collective. That's what this is about. It's about the hive mind. It's about the herd. It always has been about the herd. It's always been about what others are going to think of me. It's always been about professionals and experts and scientists and doctors. You know what? Although these kinds of psychological tactics have been used for hundreds and probably thousands of years, they were refined in the 20th century. Why does the doctor wear the white lab coat? Because it conveys... Scientific importance, scientific understanding. Of course, the doctor knows what he's talking about. But so fragile is this perception that all one needs to do is merely question, merely breathe, merely touch, merely poke, merely walk by with an interesting, curious glance. And the whole house of cards collapses. I went to an urgent care like five months ago. I cut my finger on a knife really bad. And I went to get stitches. And they said, we want to give you the tetanus shot. Have you had one recently? I said, no. Typically don't go get a tetanus shot on a Friday night. I didn't say that, but I'm thinking it. No, I didn't have a tetanus shot recently. They said, well, we recommend that you get one. I said, all right, well, you're recommending it. And I'm saying no. But the nurse comes in after the doctor anyway and tries to coercively persuade me. I'm supposed to sit there like an idiot, like a dunce, someone in pain, my fingers cut. Please help me, doctor. 
So the doctor, he did sew my finger up pretty nice, just like two or three stitches. It's a quick job, easy job. Probably doesn't take that much time and effort to learn how to do that. And the nurse comes in, and she's got the forms, and on those forms is a box, and that is a tetanus shot box. And she says, you sure you don't want this? And I said, I'm, I'm quite sure I don't want it. I said, but I would like to read the ingredients. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I'd like to read the ingredients. You know, like if you make cookies, there are ingredients in the cookies. It's not a cookie. There are other things in it. What do you mean there's other stuff in it? What, what, what do you think a vaccine, what do you think a tetanus shot is? What do you think a cookie is? It's a mix of ingredients. Like, you have to explain this to people. Like, they're literally brain-dead brain people are more aware than some of these experts and professionals. So I was nice to her, but I get the box and I read it, and I said, this has got very high levels of formaldehyde in it. She says, oh, it does. Yeah, I'm sure she was like, she's a formaldehyde expert. Oh, it does? I didn't know. I said, yes, it does. And I don't think you should give this to anybody. I said, in fact, can you go ask the doctor why there's formaldehyde in this, why you were going to inject this into my body? Oh, I don't really know. I don't think he would know. I said, can't you just go ask him? Or why don't you answer the question? You were going to inject it into me. Why were you going to inject formaldehyde into me? And you were not going to tell me that. Well, it's a tetanus shot. I get that. I know it's a tetanus shot. I can see it. it says on the box. But tell me why you were going to inject it into me without telling me you were injecting me with a carcinogen and a poison and a toxin to the body. Well, I don't really know. You either want it or you don't want it. You are not a nurse. You are a dunce. You are not a doctor. You know how to sew up my finger if I cut it. Anything beyond that, I'll take care of it. Unless I break an arm and then you can wrap it up in some plaster or a cast, or whatever they do nowadays. Other than that, you are useless. Well, Ryan, you shouldn't be saying that. If you get sick, you've got to go to the doctor. No, I don't have to go to the doctor. In fact, I had a severe rash recently. I diagnosed it myself. I spoke to a doctor, and I was able to reduce the rash to nothing because I limited my exposure and eliminated my exposure ultimately to a toxic chemical that was causing this rash. Did a couple of shows on it. We talked about it. Quaternary ammonium compounds, alkyl dimethylbenzyl ammonium chloride, and various other ammonium compounds that are being used to kill the coronavirus. And yet these quaternary ammonium compounds are the very things that are making people sick, including respiratory problems. And so I'm scrolling through Facebook the other day, and I ended up in a very brief conversation with someone this woman literally said to me, or I should say she implied to me, because I'll paraphrase what she said, but this woman implied to me literally, what are you talking about? You think that people are sick because of their diets and because of their lifestyles? You think people are sick because of the terrible food they eat? What are you talking about? That's, that's so horrible for you to say that people are sick because of their own decisions. She's like, you don't understand. People are sick because of pathogens. And there's a whole lot wrong with what she just said there. Even if that were the case, that people get sick with pathogens, there are countless diseases that are non-communicable, that are not the cause of pathogens. And that's the standard 
scientific medical status quo. So I don't know what you're talking about, I say to her. The other thing is, even if that were the case, let's say that you do get sick from pathogenic viruses, bacterium. Even if that was the case, how do you get healthy again? You don't get healthy pounding beers, smoking cigarettes, and eating bags of candy. You get well because you get rest. You drink fluids. If you can stomach a little bit of food, you eat that to keep your body going. Maybe you get outside, take some fresh air in, watch a TV show, laugh a little bit, try to clear out your nostrils, do one of those uh, boiling pots of water with a towel over your head and breathe in that boiling water, clear out your nasal passage and your eyes and mucous membranes, and then you get better. You think it's because you you were invaded by a virus and it made a healthy person sick and then you just laid in bed all day and your body got rid of the virus. I don't think so. That's asinine. Yeah, but that's that's the main line. I don't give a shit what the main line theory is. Look at it like this. If you were a healthy person and you got sick, well, we'd have to define what healthy is because there are plenty of people who feel quite healthy and they've got some serious health conditions. Someone who looks and feels healthy might be on the verge of death. And someone who looks like they're on the verge of death might live another 50 years. Health is arguably subjective and relative, though there are some things that are not subjective. There are many things that are factual and very, very objective in nature. Poison. Poison doesn't care who you are. Poison will hurt you. And to suggest as industry and advertisers do, that limited doses of poison are okay, that limited doses of toxins are okay, is incredibly misleading, disingenuous, and erroneous because poison in any amount is poison. I mean, there are videos of scientists, as they call themselves, and reps for chemical companies going to different parts of the world and spraying DDT, trying to convince other people to spray the DDT. And they would spray it and then they like on some food and they would eat it and say, look, I'm fine. Well, maybe initially you're fine, but you're not going to be fine forever. You're going to be probably pretty sick if you expose yourself to too much of that. Because what? It's perception and context that matters the most. The Graduate School of Political Management at the George Washington University published a public relations and propaganda techniques form on their website, showing that if you want to get into this course at the university, this is what you would be learning. You would be learning techniques of public relations and propaganda. And here's what they list. The desire to fit in with peers has long been recognized as a powerful force in society. Propagandists can exploit this longing by using the bandwagon technique to appeal to the public. The common propaganda technique is used to convince the public to think, speak, or act in a particular way simply because others are. 
The public is invited to jump on the bandwagon and not be left behind or left out as the rest of society engages in what they perceive to be correct behavior. Why should I wear a mask? Got to protect other people. Got to keep other people safe. I know, but why? Show me why. Yeah, everyone's wearing it. It's a mandate. That's not an answer. That's a cop-out. I want to know why. Show me the information why. Well, everybody's doing it. It keeps everybody safe. People perceive to be engaging in the correct behavior. The next one is the snob appeal. In an attempt to appeal to the general public's aspiration to belong to society's high class, propagandists can use snob appeal as a selling technique. This technique involves convincing the public to behave in ways that are agreeable to the propagandist and serve their purposes. In order for this technique to be successful, propagandists have to first position themselves as having a product, idea, or opinion that is worthy of elite status. Many publicists in charge of public relations for companies employ a similar technique as a way to maintain the perception that the business creates and sells high-quality goods. The way that they do this, of course, is through the usage of words. Look at Wendy's, for example. Wendy's says, quality is our recipe. Well, quality cannot be a recipe. A recipe cannot be quality because a recipe is a set of instructions for preparing a particular dish. Quality is not part of a recipe. Quality is the standard of something. Now, maybe the ingredients have quality, but quality is not a recipe. It is disingenuous. It makes no sense. When Dairy Queen says fan food, not fast food, to distance themselves from the fact that they sell what is arguably less than fast food, they are appealing to the snob, in a sense, manipulating public perception that the business sells high-quality goods when they sell trash. That's what Dairy Queen sells, trash. I mean, there are major university classes like at George Washington University where you can take public relations and propaganda and they'll teach you how to do this stuff. Propagandists sometimes achieve their goal of swaying public opinion simply by using empty words. When employing this technique, propagandists will deliberately use vague terms meant to entice. Examination of the terms, however, can reveal that they offer no real definition or commitment to meaning. The goal of this type of propaganda can be to offer generalities that provoke audiences to expand, or rather expend, their energy on interpretation rather than critiquing. Exactly. Exactly. That is what the Yahoo article that I read earlier was all about pertaining to masks, where they said the following. One experiment published in the New England Journal of Medicine used high-speed video and found that hundreds of droplets were generated when someone said a phrase but almost all the droplets were blocked when the mouth was covered by a washcloth. They don't go into any more detail. They don't explain any of the information about the study. They just simply say the study found that droplets can spread, but they don't isolate the virus in the droplets. It's implied to you. And if you cover your mouth, then I guess it stops all the transmission, which this, from the New England Journal of Medicine, is completely contrary to even the official propaganda from the CDC and the World Health Organization and various 
governors, and health officials throughout the United States and the world. It's contrary to what they say. Because they even say that masks are only somewhat effective. And then in the next sentence, the next sentence literally discredits the previous sentence. Epidemiological studies have also strongly suggested that masks help keep people safe. But you never established in the New England Journal of Medicine that the virus was transmitted through the droplets, only that the droplets spread when you talk. And that if you cover your mouth, the droplets won't spread. Uh, yeah. And then to say epidemiological studies strongly suggest that masks help people, they help keep them safe, help keep them safe. Part of a balanced breakfast. No, the balanced breakfast is the orange and the water and the banana. That's the balanced breakfast, not sugary processed cereal. Masks help keep people safe. Part of a balanced lifestyle. No, masks are not part of a balanced or safe lifestyle. Eating the right way, reducing stress, getting sunlight, having friends, being human, that's what keeps you safe. Masks are not part of a balanced lifestyle. This is all public relations. These are the vague terms referred to by the George Washington University, used by propagandists to persuade to manipulate by offering generalities that provoke audiences to expend their energy on interpretation rather than critiquing. Rather than expending my energy on interpretation and blind acceptance, I'm going to spend it on critiquing because I can think for myself. And I want you to think for yourself. And I want you to question what I'm saying because I'm not an expert. I just know how the expert propagandists and the expert public relations officials think and how they word things. Wording is almost everything. It's important to understand this. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere more after this. We're going to get into the New Hampshire School, University of New Hampshire School examination of chain restaurants and the way they manipulate people through color and through design. It's all propaganda because they want your soul more than they want your money, which is your energy, which is your currency, which is basically what makes you you. They want your soul, bottom line. Listening to the Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus. Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom. Here at the Secret Teachings Radio Show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. 
Now all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books if you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more. The books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports the secret teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website, and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Power of Normal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it. Guys, it was a pretty good bit. No, 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 can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, okay? Distorting facts, that, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Understand the procedure now? Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. This is Freddie Silva, author of... 
First Templar Nation. My website is www.invisibletemple.com and you are listening to the Secret Teachings Radio with your host, Ryan Gable. Thanks for being very knowledgeable. It's a, it's a pleasure to have someone who actually understands the subject matter that uh, he's discussing. Well, this is David Parker, one of the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, Why Everything You Think You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. Hi, this is Andrew Kaufman, MD. I'm a natural healing consultant. Please contact me on my website at andrewkaufmanmd.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. In a repeated, in a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine Doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. Do not believe that glyphosate in Argentina is causing increases in cancer. You can drink a whole quart of it and it won't hurt you. It's, uh, you want to drink some? We have some here. I'd be happy to, actually. Yeah. Not not really, but... Not really? I know it wouldn't hurt me. If you say so, I have some... No, no, I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. It begins with the war-born development of DDT. This diabolical weapon of modern science saved millions of humans, but killed billions of insects. In both its forms, powder and liquid, pet destroy means doomsday to us insects. But its new insect destroyer contains a lot of DDT. Not just the living. Its DDT content is even higher than government specifications. And I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast on the Fringe FM, where you can find us five nights a week, Monday through Friday. I want you to be able to critique and to criticize opinion and what is presented and submitted as fact. I want you to critique. I want you to ask questions. I want you to use common sense. You all have it. You all have the ability to do it. The first thing that you have to do is you have to eliminate your own bias in dogma, not bias as an individual, bias in dogma, individualistic dogma that stems from collective dogma. You have to eliminate your perceptions of reality based on belief systems. If you're able to do that, and you can become an objective observer, you become, in the true sense of the word, a scientist. This is what a scientist does. A scientist observes and analyzes. And whether you're a car mechanic 
carpenter, accountant, engineer, chemist, astronomer, paranormal investigator, or you're in radio like I am. Maybe you work at a grocery store like I do part-time. In your respected fields, you are an expert. But even in your respected fields, which are considered somehow maybe as a mechanic or maybe as a paranormal investigator, somehow far lower on the hierarchy of expertise than, let's say, a doctor or a scientist or a physicist. But you know a lot of doctors who are also mechanics. Some doctors might know how to work on their car, but they're not an expert in that, so they're only an expert in certain things. They're an expert in selling pharmaceutical drugs and putting casts on people and checking your lymph nodes to see if you have strep throat, as they call it. They know how to put a rectal thermometer up your ass. They know how to use a stethoscope. They know how to regurgitate and recite what drug reps tell them. But this does not stop at the doctor. This extends to the mechanic. This extends to the paranormal investigator. There are so many paranormal investigators I can't stand to listen to because they just regurgitate and rehash what others tell them, what others say, what's the standard line in the field of paranormal investigation. It's sick. This shows you that it's not confined to medicine, politics, law, science, or any other field of expertise and field that is classified as a prestigious group of men and women to be working around with and in association with. What about a meteorologist? They're experts, aren't they? What about an author? They're experts. They might be an expert in more than one or two things. They might be an expert in researching and writing, publishing books. It's really simple to understand that an expert comes in a variety of forms, and experts are experts only in their respected field of study. And even in their respected field of study, there are many other experts that disagree with other experts in their field of study if it's something even as simple as a paranormal investigation. People disagree, even though they're experts. And there are plenty of doctors that disagree, even though they're experts. And there are plenty of scientists who disagree, even though they're experts. And so what do you see from the doctor and the scientist I'm not using this hierarchy to demean. I'm simply saying from the doctor and the scientist by our perception of reality socially, what's considered acceptable, what's considered a field of study that's prestigious, all the way down to the paranormal investigator. From the people that observe the physical world to the people that observe the abnormal, paranormal, supernatural world. What do you find in both communities? You find people that disagree with each other, and you find people that will look at the people that disagree with them and simultaneously say, you are not a doctor. You are a quack. You are not a scientist. You are a pseudoscientist. You are not a paranormal investigator. You don't even believe in ghosts. How dare you say that? How dare you suggest that? See, it happens within all fields of study, within all areas of expertise. People disagree with each other. Experts disagree with each other. 
So when they tell you 9 out of 10 dentists or scientists or doctors agree, that's propaganda. It's meant to imply something that is erroneous. It's good public relations. It's Bernays public relations. It's propaganda. It's misleading. The University of George Washington. Many universities have this, but the University of George Washington has a master's class you can take in strategic public relations. You can take it online. I'm an expert in all of this. I didn't need to take a class. But I don't tell people I'm an expert, 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 because even though I'm an expert, it means very little in our society unless I have a degree. And then if I have a degree, oh boy, it doesn't matter if I got an F in that class. I'm still an expert. I got a degree. All the degrees are virtually useless. But if you have a degree, that doesn't mean that you're useless. If you identify with your degree and your degree is worthless and you feel that you're worthless because someone else said your degree is worthless, then you need to really rethink your life. Here's what it says from George Washington University. They go over what propaganda is, an effective tool to shape public opinion and action. Propaganda and public relations, they share the goal of mass communication usage to influence public perception. Propaganda, on the other hand, traffics in lies, misinformation, inflammatory language, and other negative communication to achieve an objective related to a cause, goal, or political agenda. Regardless of how propaganda is employed, these common techniques are used to manipulate others to act or respond in the way that the propagandist desires. They give examples like the bandwagon fallacy. This is a propaganda technique commonly used to convince the public to think, speak, or act in a particular way simply because others are. Wear a mask. Others are. And there are many propaganda techniques that are being used to imply to you that you should wear a mask. Kind of like the vague terms used by propagandists, used to achieve the goal of swaying public opinion simply by using empty words. When employing this technique, propagandists will deliberately use vague terms meant to entice. Examination of the terms, however, can reveal that they offer no real definition or commitment to meaning. The goal of this type of propaganda can be to offer generalities that provoke audiences to expend their energy on interpretation rather than critiquing. All these articles in the news about mask wearing, the New England Journal of Medicine, they say, used a high-speed video, and they found hundreds of droplets generated when someone spoke. But they never isolated the virus. All they found is that masks and other epidemiological studies might, may, possibly could, strongly suggested, they may help keep people safe. What the hell does that mean? They may help people. They either do or they don't keep people safe. So the World Health Organization, they say medical masks can filter out up to 95% of aerosolized particles, while cloth masks can only filter out up to 60% of those particles. What particles? If you filter out 95% of the things that you need and you only get 5% of the things that will make you sick, as so far as the theory goes, wouldn't that be bad? 
I mean, this is just public relations. That's all all of this is. It's all public relations. It's all propaganda. They don't say it filters out 95% of the harmful aerosolized particles. They say it filters out 95% of aerosolized particles. It means nothing. It's useless information. It's not science. It's not medicine. It's quackery. The George Washington University website for their public relations course also says, Loaded words. Words have power when it comes to public relations, and there's no surprise that many propagandists use a technique involving loaded words to sway public opinion. When attempting to convince the public to act, propagandists may use excessively positive words or those with agreeable associations. If the goal is to hinder action, propagandists can select words that are highly negative to communicate with the public, such as those that inspire fear, anger, or doubt. A simple and effective means of loaded words usage is the act of name-calling, which many political groups have used to disparage opposition, quail dissent, and scapegoat groups of people. Doesn't all this kind of sound familiar? Propagandists in the transfer technique, another technique called transfer, attempt to associate two unrelated concepts or items in an effort to push what they're selling to the public. This is otherwise known as the association fallacy. With the technique of transfer, propagandists conjure up either positive or negative images, connect them to an unrelated concept or item, and try to move the public to take action. Commonly, propagandists can associate the glory of virtue of a historical event with their product or the action that they want the public to take. Conversely, transfer can also be employed as a means to convince the public to not take an action, lest they suffer a disagreeable fate. And the list goes on and on. You can actually read They publish various articles about this, about the various forms of techniques and fallacies and propaganda and things like that. How to do it. I mean, you can learn this at major universities. It's a really interesting study, though, I found that uh, I've enjoyed reading this study. I've looked at it a couple of times. It's from the University of New Hampshire, spring of 2014. It's actually an honors thesis by Alyssa Mary DuPont from the University of New Hampshire, the main campus. It's a student thesis. It's a really, really good report. And it was about the examination of chain restaurants, exterior colors, and logo colors. Now, this was something that you don't need to read this college thesis on in order to understand what businesses are doing with their colors. They're using what is called color psychology. It's the study of color as a determinant of human behavior. It studies the effect color has on moods, feelings, and behaviors. While perceptions of colors are fairly objective, there are some color effects that have universal meaning. Warm colors, including red, orange, and yellow, and brown, evoke emotions ranging from feelings of warmth and comfort to feelings of anger and hostility. Cool colors, consisting of blues, greens, and pinks, are often described as calm, but can also bring about feelings of sadness or indifference. The concept of color psychology is becoming more prevalent when it comes to the marketing and design of a company. How a business attracts their customers, determines their success in color psychology, can be utilized when designing a business interior, exterior logos, business cards, and advertising. 
You don't need to read this report from the University of New Hampshire to figure this out, though, because all you have to do is drive down the road or recall in your head your favorite fast food restaurants, and you'll see all that you need to know about the color schemes of those restaurants. But you just have to pay attention, just a little bit of attention, pay a little bit of attention to what these businesses use as color schemes. And again, just pay a little attention. Look around. What do you see? Well, you see businesses from McDonald's to Little Caesars, KFC, and everything in between using the same color scheme. For example, out of 85 chain restaurants, based on the top 100 chains in the United States in 2011, published by the, Na- uh, the nation's restaurant news, out of 85 chain restaurants, the top two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and they go through all the different colors. The top three colors used are red, white, and yellow. Red, white, and yellow are pretty much the colors that you would find in every single restaurant, from Carl's Jr. and Hardee's to Long John Silver's and McDonald's. In fact, red and yellow are the top two colors employed. White is just kind of on every single logo. But red and yellow of the solid colors that are individualized, red and yellow are the two primary colors that are used by every single restaurant. And we're talking about fast food restaurants, sit-down restaurants, you name it. The top 100 chain restaurants, exterior colors and color dominance. And you can see that almost every restaurant, if you looked at this thesis, is exactly the same. Almost everyone uses warm colors because they want you to feel comfortable. They want you to feel welcome. They want you to feel invited. I mean, there are only a handful of restaurants that use different colors. Tim Hortons, P.F. Chang's, they use the color tan. Most other restaurants, red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow. However, there's more to it than that because some restaurants don't necessarily need to use red or yellow. It depends on the name of the restaurant. It depends on what they sell. For example, using white signifies cleanliness, simpleness, and it fills up the negative space that otherwise would be there. Red triggers stimulation, appetite, hunger, and attracts attention. Yellow triggers happiness, friendliness, can represent, you know, mustard, for example. Black can be considered a sophisticated and powerful. I could say color, but it's a lack of color. Now, one of the big ones here is green, because green signifies the freshness of food. It represents the environment. This is why green is used on everything from all the new labels at the Amazon-owned Whole Foods to products at the grocery store that aren't even organic, that just are green. You know, it's just green. Everything's green now because it conveys freshness. It conveys environmental concern. What's healthy? What's good for the environment? Blue represents dependability. Blue can also release tension. Orange signifies enthusiasm. Orange, like red, is also arousing. 
and it goes through the list of colors. Pink is a tranquilizing color, hence the reason Mark Zuckerberg and the eugenicist control freak Bill Gates wear the pink sweater. Remember that SpongeBob song? The best time to wear a striped sweater is all the time. The best time to wear a pink sweater is when you manipulate the public into accepting a lockdown, when you faked a pandemic, one with a pink-colored turtleneck. That's the kind. Because when you're wearing that pink sweater, I can inject you with a vaccine so you get better. I'm Bill Gates, and I care about you. Because I'm wearing a pink sweater. I'm wearing a pink sweater. Colors, symbols, vibrations, words, all matter. It creates, it cultivates, it manufactures our perceptions of the world. And if you understand how to manufacture those perceptions, you can manufacture other people's perceptions. If you understand how to manufacture those perceptions, you understand how they're manufactured, then you can use your understanding and knowledge to override the propaganda and the public relations, to override the notion that experts always know what they're talking about, professionals always know what they're talking about. Hey, you're an expert too. You're a professional too. You're an authority too. It depends on what your profession is, but you're an expert. You're an authority. You might simply be an authority as a mom or a dad. Well, that's an authority. And someone who's never have a, has a kid, how do they know? Studying books? Books don't tell you how to raise a child. Maybe if you've raised a child before and then you write a book, you're an expert. Whether you're a mom, a car mechanic, a mathematician, a teacher, you're an expert. You're a professional. If you observe things, you're a scientist. That's the bottom line. Don't be afraid of authority. And don't trust what authority says. But authorities can also be correct. Not all authorities are attempting to mislead you. Not all authorities are authorities. Sometimes authorities are just what we perceive to be authoritative. It's a fallacy. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Subscribe to the archive at thesecretteachings.info. Get access to every single show download and stream it. You'll also get access to the new page I'm putting up with all of our montages. And you'll get a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S. www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com and facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Stay safe. Stay informed. Here at the Secret Teachings Radio Show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. 
You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books if you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more. The books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports the secret teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website, and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info.